1: Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, July 6th, 2020. Happy Monday to everyone out there. Hope your weekend went well. We talked on Friday about the 4th of July. Uh, That was on Saturday and I had a great 4th of July. A very happy Independence Day. Just uh, proud to be an American as always. Very happy with how we spent our 4th of July. I know there was some skepticism about how celebrations were going to be this year. You know, some higher ups in the uh, local governments and such wanted to say, you know, you really shouldn't celebrate uh, with a lot of people uh, and totally change up how you do things uh, on probably the most important holiday of the year. Well, I know a lot of people uh, did not do that. I I think uh, if you're going to Try to tell people how they should spend a holiday, uh, especially the one that is revolving around our independence and uh, pretty much everything that the American flag stands for. Uh, you know Independence Day is so important. and for me to be told by certain higher ups in the government that you know uh, you know be proud of uh, you know our heritage and everything, but you need to. Celebrate it, uh, you know, with just less people who aren't in your home. Well, I'm not doing that. It's the Fourth of July. It was Independence Day, and I was glad that there were many other people out there who were celebrating America, celebrating the Fourth of July, uh, our freedoms, honoring those who've come before us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think there needs to be more of a concern with uh, perhaps the amount of. Uh, protesters that are gathering in a place, uh, whether it's uh, violent or not. uh, I don't think you need to be telling people how they should have a barbecue, the amount of people they should have when you got hundreds of people uh, in uh, different places around the country. Another thing I heard that uh, the California governor said, you will not be allowed to sing in churches uh, anymore, in places of worship. Now, I'm no scientist, but I can't imagine uh, singing is more destructive and spreads a virus in churches more than it does uh, in you know physical contact uh, and lots of people in, uh, in public places. So I just, once again, see a lot of inconsistencies. I try to stay calm. I try to stay patient out there. But man, when you see a lot of these inconsistent uh, doctrine, we'll say, uh, these almost draconian uh, orders from from folks. Just like, you got to be kidding me, man. So I had a great 4th of July, and uh, we'll talk, I'm sure, a lot about this stuff with Bill Barnes on Wednesday. That's kind of when we uh, we unleash all of our, our fury. I know he does. Uh, we let out a lot of the thoughts we have in our mind and, and just all that. So I was really happy with our show on Friday, the 4th of July show. Uh, that we did on July 3rd. We did not have a guest. We just kind of talked about uh, my thoughts on America and the history of Independence Day and shared a few poems, some lyrics of some songs, of course, that I always find special, but especially this time of year. So I hope everyone else's 4th of July was great. I had a few people over. We barbecued uh, almost 15 pounds of meat. We had uh, It was about 50-50 carne asada and uh, pollo asado, very good. Lario's Meat Market, you cannot go wrong. They do it so well. It's a little more pricey, but man, they do some great, great meat. So that was our thing. We had a few people over, some kids running around. It was a good time. Just celebrated. There was enough fireworks going on in the the area, uh, legal or otherwise, although not really legal fireworks around this area, uh, especially in the whole state of California, really, when um, most fireworks were, were outlawed. Well, one of the best things I saw on Sunday actually was some uh, clips recapping the 4th of July and all over California. I mean, it looked almost, I mean, no pun intended here, but it looked like a war zone almost with, with all the explosions going off uh, in in a celebratory fashion. So I'm all about safety. I think fireworks can, you know, lead to, uh, you know, some accidents and hurt some people and occasionally maybe set some fires. Uh, But I think overall, if it's done safely, if it's done, Uh, You know, in in a celebration manner, if you will, uh, to celebrate our great great country, especially when we're going through so much right now, I I just absolutely loved it. And you know what? It it was some people are going to say, how could you go against the governor's orders and this and that? Well, you know what? Uh, A lot of people went against all these quarantine orders when, uh, protesting start. And I'm not saying the protests were wrong. I am saying violence and rioting is wrong. Uh, but you know what? It just seems again, inconsistent. We, we have this selective communication that goes on for some reason. And, uh, it just, it's very frustrating because it's inconsistent. You can do one thing, but you can't do the other. And it's like, okay, we need to get on the same page with some of this stuff. I just I loved it on on uh, Sunday morning watching a recap of all the fireworks that were going off in California it was great. I know there was a lot around our house. Uh, we were in the back backyard as the sun went down cooking up some s'mores by the fire and uh, had a great time and man it was explosions everywhere it seemed like we didn't even have to go anywhere um, and uh, we didn't feel unsafe at all. We were just doing our thing. So, a very happy 4th of July from our house to yours. It was a great time. Good to see a few friends. Nothing too big, but just a couple people. Uh, Just a great time. Uh, I want to say something. You know, you see people on Twitter, in the news media. You see people that, it's a lot of writers. It could be sports writers. Some people just love to be negative. You ever notice that? Like every other Story they do is like talking down something that they shouldn't see, something that that, that they don't like to see. I should say, uh, it's I'm trying to think of it like an example. Like, uh, I saw okay, I am not a big fan of this, but the fourth of July hot dog eating contest. Uh, I was like, I don't watch that, you know. I know Joey Chestnut is like, uh, you know, <laughs> a god at that thing, he's a Tom Brady of uh competitive eating, but. I don't watch it. I don't really care about it. So I don't really watch it, but there's people who get like offended by it. They're like, Oh, this is ridiculous. It's gluttonous. And, uh, it's unsafe, uh, especially in, in today's circumstance. I'm like, why do you care? Why do you care? Like, don't watch it. Turn it off. It's like something's being shoved down your throat. Like just, Oh, it drives me nuts. It's, it's uh it's so inconsistent like all these things that want to get changed these days uh statues and mascots and i there's nothing that's ever going to satisfy anybody they'll be on to the next thing i think deep down and this is coming from a former official or a current official but a guy who's officiated many sports i think it is like just this human nature with some people that they want to complain they just want to complain about everything. It's like, you can't just sit back and be happy on 4th of July weekend, cook up some food, share some laughs with friends. Be proud that you're in a country that even though it's on lockdown, you know, you're, you're still free. We've got some good years. We're going to get some, we got some good years ahead. People just want to disagree with things. They, they like, they embrace this negativity. I can't stand it. I want to tell you two names. There's two names of comedians, and they are two guys that I, I follow. And and for those who don't know, you know they're they're rather vulgar, and so uh, you know I wouldn't just listen to these guys if you know if you if you don't like uh, pretty strong language and some well sometimes inappropriate topics. But anyway, uh, Bill Burr and Jim Jeffries, two comedians, uh, very rated R, I would say, <laughs> but. They are two guys who I completely disagree with on a lot of the things they say. A lot of the things I say, they say. But I still find some of the things very funny. There's some things Bill Burr says that I agree with. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. Like it's it's really – even the stuff – I mean Jim Jeffries, he's an Australian comedian. He does this segment on – Uh, He's very anti-gun. I am not anti-gun. I'm very opposite of that. He does a bit. And it's like 20 minutes in one of his stand-ups. And he's basically making fun of Americans loving guns. And if you really break it all down and you want to be offended by it, then you can. But the way he does it is hilarious. And the whole point I'm saying all this is I think so many people want to be offended by things. They want to disagree with things or like – they can't ever look for common ground. I mean, again, those are two guys I disagree with a lot of things, a lot of things politically, a lot of their stances on life. But I find very, very funny at times. Bill Burr has a podcast. He listens to you twice or he does twice a week. I would listen to you here and there. Uh, he has uh, some stand-up comedian shows. I'm not encouraging you to go out and listen to those guys. I'm just giving you an example. You don't always have to agree completely with people to uh, be around them or to then agree with them. I've been told by a couple people, "Oh, you let you let somebody, uh, you know, kind of manipulate your interview and say their, uh, you know, their opinion or, or their thoughts." I'm like, "Well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that." I have yet to have anyone on this podcast. That I agree 100% with on every single issue in life under the sun. That's just not realistic. I'm not saying we just need to hold hands around the campfire and agree on every little thing. But what I am saying is just because someone says or does some things you dislike doesn't mean you can't be a good person around them. You can't get along on some things. Now, if you just hate each other, okay, then yeah, maybe you shouldn't hang around each other. Uh, and, and there's there's some of that too. I'm not saying get along with everybody. But for me, I always look at the overall good versus the overall bad. Am I getting more bad out of this person than good or vice versa? Our emotions are very interesting I don't always know <laughs> what I'm trying to say with this stuff, but I just ramble, as you guys are well aware. And I, I just think some people crave—they crave, they crave uh, disagreement or being negative. They just complain. They, they they just want to complain. They just want to move on to the next thing. Complain about this. Complain about that. You ever been around people like that? They're not fun socially. Whether it's a friend or someone you're dating, people that are just negative all the time and complain about every little thing. Doesn't that drive you crazy? It does for me. So again, I don't need to agree with you on everything. It's just, are are you a fun person to be around? Do do I get a good conversation out of you? You probably don't agree with a lot of things that come out of my mouth. But if you still want to be friends, you still want to talk. Like Those are, to me the people that are almost more valuable than people that you just agree with. So I wish there was more of that. I'm not saying go out and listen to those two comedians. I'm not, trust me. But it's just an example. I find some of the things they say quite humorous, even though sometimes it's stuff that uh, I don't agree with. So uh, I would much rather be around people I agree with and, and enjoy sharing laughs with about common ground, But that's not always going to happen. You got to be able to get along with others. Now, that said, if people choose to be negative all the time and complain about certain things, I don't want to be around them. (laughs) I just don't. So, those are my thoughts this morning uh, to kick off our week. I know I ramble, it's just what I do. I've been, uh, I actually heard a friend of mine who (laughs) he sent me an audio clip Uh, basically. Co- copying me, mimicking me, he he talked like he was running the show as like an intro to to uh, the Get Home say podcast. It was hilarious. He he made fun of some of the things I say. He he has my tone down exactly. It's uh, it's very <laughs> it's very like every time I say uh or you know or guys like he he threw it all in there. It's really hilarious. I gotta share it with you guys sometime soon. Maybe sometime this week. I'll, I'll let you guys hear it. Uh, but you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? You know? So I, I found that really funny. I hope you, I will share it with you guys at some point here. Uh, but, but yeah, it was really funny. Uh, do, rambling away here in the mornings, uh, when I record these, I just, uh, like I said, I don't always know what I'm, what direction I'm going, but I just kind of start going and see what happens. So I have a few notes here and there, but it is what it is. So anyway, oh, I say that a lot too. He, he's. <laughs> He teased me on that one. Anyway, today on the program, we have Will Torrico. Will is a football coach. Uh, He Well, he coaches at Rio Hondo Prep a little bit, but he teaches at Rio. He teaches at Pearl. He works in the finance department at Care Youth League and Rio Hondo Prep as well. He actually played uh, football with my brother back in 2005. They won the first CIF 11-man football championship. Will was a team captain. He was a quarterback of that team. Uh, he grew up in Cary Youth League. He he's got a lot of fond memories that we'll we'll talk about. Just an all around great guy. He was recently married. Uh, he's uh, doing a little bit of everything at Cary Youth League and Real Hondo Prep. Been there a long time. Just an all around great guy to talk to. And I know he's a huge fan of the show. So we'll talk to we'll talk about his listening to the program as well. Uh, we we touch a lot of ground here. We cover a lot of ground, I should say. And uh, you know what? I think you guys will enjoy this interview. Yeah, I know it's another Real Hondo Prep. Uh, uh, you know, athlete and a uh, star and this and that. But uh, guys, as we move forward here, we're going to have more and more uh, real Hondo prep guys on. And hopefully as sports open up here, we will definitely have more opinions on some sports and current events and all those things as well. We're really looking forward to sports for that reason. Um, I don't know how much I'm going to watch some of these things uh, because there's so many other things going on as well. But, uh, you know, that's time. We had time to talk about all that. Uh, Looking forward to you guys hearing Will Tarico's interview. So let's take a quick break and then we'll get right to it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our Monday morning conversation with Will Tarico. Okay, joining us today is Will Tarico. He is from the class of 2006 from Rio Hondo Prep, was actually the quarterback on the 2005 CIF champion football team from Rio Hondo Prep, uh, the first 11-man championship in school history, uh, he works at Rio Hondo prep today as a teacher. He works at Pearl prep, which is the elementary school affiliated with Rio Hondo prep as a teacher as well. He also assists in the finance department for care youth league and Rio Hondo prep. He's just, uh, he's working it kind of in every corner there on the campus. Uh, but uh, he, he, He offered to sit down and uh, share some time with us to uh, just talk a little bit about everything. So I want to welcome him to the program first, Will Tarico, Welcome to the program,
0: brother. Thanks, Matt. I've enjoyed every single podcast. Uh, Every morning I listen very much uh, enjoy all your guests. So, yeah, this is pretty cool.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Glad to hear, man. Uh, you know, we've had uh, a, a, quite a few loyal listeners that tell me and communicate with me and everything, but I mean, I think you're the first guy to officially declare that he's listened to every single episode. Not to say that there aren't, there aren't other people out there, but uh, you know, you, you're, uh, your prize is in the mail, bro. right? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> how did you start? Uh, how did you start listening to the program? Did you just kind of uh, see it on
0: Facebook and say, oh, let's let's give this a try. Or kind of what, what got you uh, intrigued by it all? So Edwin Ixta um, actually, I think one day he just texted out a link for a podcast. And I'm not, actually, I've been, I was starting to listen to podcasts more because of the whole coronavirus and all that stuff. Um, and so he texted out this link. I had no idea you were doing it. And so I guess <laughs> I got to give Edwin the credit for that. Uh, I listened to it. And, you know, because it's, you know, Matt hersma former RHP quarterback, um, I just gave it a listen, and I've enjoyed every single one.
1: Oh, man. Well, well I really appreciate that, Will. Uh, we, we, try to, we try to put a lot of time into these things, and some are long, some are short, but they, you know, it's been an opportunity to catch up with so many different people. We weren't doing interviews at first, but that's been a real uh bonus to all this is being able to talk with multiple people and uh do, do you happen to have any uh any favorite guests or favorite episodes that stick out maybe
0: uh two or three oh man um i mean todd and mark they're great um i i see mark all the time work with him so they always have good stuff to talk about todd really reminded me of what you know like our junior high days how that was uh i really liked uh rich padilla i think he was like the The NCAA basketball referee. um, Oh, uh, Tony Padilla. Padilla. You had two of them. Mm -hmm. Tony Padilla. Uh, I loved his stories of, you know, going to March Madness, and I thought that was really great.
1: Um, (laughs) And then
0: Bill Lee, uh, of course, he was – I was on that team uh, where he was the strength and conditioning coach, and uh, (laughs) it was incredible listening to him and uh, talking about those workouts and all the stuff he made us do. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's really cool. Will I, I appreciate the the listenership? And you know, that's all we're doing. And, and I get a lot of grief from some of my buddies. Like, hey, what's you know, all these real Hondo prep people, and <laughs> we've talked enough real Hondo prep football. And I'm like, well, no, we haven't, because first of all, there's no other sports going on right now, so why not? Uh, we're I'm proud of the heritage, and you know what? Uh, these are all the people I know that that played football. Now they're going on and doing doing other great things. So uh, you know what? I think it's worth talking
0: about. Yeah, no, I've I've loved every every single one. Um, I just love hearing you know former teammates, former alumni or alumni. It's just been a blast. I've loved it so.
1: <laughs> well, that's awesome, Will. I really appreciate that. Well, well, Will, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing these days. Uh, you work at Real Hondo Prep. You work at Pearl Prep. Uh, you you kind of, like I said, you, you got your hands involved in a lot of different areas. You're coaching in the sixth grade. Uh, you know, level of, of kids. You also work with the varsity football team a little bit, uh, as well. You work in the finance department. I mean, you're you're just you're juggling so many different things. Let, let's try to tackle one at a time. <laughs> but but how how about teaching? Like, how did you get involved in teaching? You're, you're teaching elementary and would you say high school or junior high yeah, kids? It's high
0: school. Fre- usually, it's freshman oh. freshman in high school.
1: Okay, so I would say not many people do that. Not many people teach at the elementary level and then the high school level. You're dealing with two completely different yeah. age groups yes. as, well, as well as kind of skipping a, you know, a, an important age group in between. So tell me, how did you get involved into the, in the teaching both of those uh,
0: ages? So after I graduated college, um, I think there was, a, there was an opening both at Pearl and at Rio for a Spanish teacher. And so they asked me to do it, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Sure, why not? And so um, that was like uh, I think four, four or five years ago I started doing it. And at, per- at Pearl at the elementary school, basically I go three times a day, uh, 15 minutes a day uh, for each class. So kindergarten through fifth grade. So I'm in there a total of 45 minutes a week, and it's real basic, like you know, just words, like learning Spanish words. Um, and I try to make it fun. We do games and have prizes and stuff. So it is completely different from the high school. The high school, obviously, is like a real class. I'm in there every day. Um, and it's more, you know, giving them a foundation of the Spanish language. Um, now, Spanish, it was my first language, so I was I didn't go to school for it or anything. Um, so it kind of comes natural to me. And to be honest, that first year of teaching was a learning experience for me. I didn't, I didn't think it would be because you have, I have to learn the grammar. Like I had to learn how to teach, um, you know, certain things. And so I was teaching myself while I was teaching the kids and I, I really enjoyed it. Like I didn't, I didn't, I thought, you know, I know, I know Spanish, uh, this, this will be easy, but it was something that I learned and it was cool. Um, so, but yeah, it is very different going from elementary school to high school, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it.
1: Well, did you did you know kinda I mean you applied right away after high school after college, you said you said you, you told me off the air you studied accounting at Kyle Poly, and that's probably why you're assisting with the the finance department there at KYL, but but did you know that you were kinda Maybe go into teaching, even even though it was a language that, that you grew up with. Uh, did you kind of have that inkling, or was that kind of just did that just kind of fall into place because you were a coach and you figured, well, I, I work with kids in in athletics, why not do it in a classroom? How did it
0: all uh, come 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 about? So never, I never had a thought about coaching. Um, didn't cross my mind. Um, I, I got my accounting degree, and I figured, well, probably the next step here is to get my CPA which I knew would be hard because I was already doing a lot of things at Rio. I was already busy with Rio and like that was actually a priority for me um, over getting my accounting degree. But the opportunity popped up. They wanted to give me a full time position and part of it was to teach. And so I said, yeah, let's do it. Um, And so I did it. And like I said, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Very cool. Well, well you said uh, you never never had a thought in, in coaching, and I know you. that was just a, a
1: simple, uh, just a little uh, miss, misspoken words there. You definitely meant teaching, because if I know Will Tarico at all, it's that you uh, not only were, were you a great athlete at Rio, but you were one of those guys who was always like a coach on the field uh, in every sport, and so I had to imagine being a coach no matter the level level sixth grade or
0: high school kids whatever that had to always be on your mind I'm sure when you were going through college oh yeah yeah definitely kind of like you I mean I started coaching when probably late junior high eighth grade or something and you know we just help out we'd be assistant coaches but and yeah I love coaching like that's my passion definitely so yeah if I said I didn't think about coaching that was wrong (laughs) but coaching has definitely been something that that's like my passion I love coaching I love working with with young men, teaching them not only sports, but things about life.
1: Yeah, that's that's one constant I uh, hear all the time here on the podcast. And it's not just Rio or Care People. It's anyone who's played athletics or has been, uh, you know, motivated by a mentor in, in some other profession, uh, officiating, whatever it may be. Uh, so, so, Will, what about the, uh, working in the finance department? I'm sure going to Cal Poly and getting a degree in accounting you know, you you wanted, like you said, you were going to jump into maybe a CPA and everything, but uh, obviously that was an opportunity to contribute to
0: the financial side of Care Youth League as well, right? Yes, that's right. And actually, with accounting, that wasn't my that wasn't my first degree. I actually changed my degree a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first degree, I wanted to be an astrophysicist, which oh, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but then at PCC, I was taking classes towards that. And it was just difficult, and I wasn't enjoying it. And so after a while, I kind of just stopped, and I said, what, what do I really want to do? And I knew that I I like numbers, and a friend actually suggested, um, well, what if you do accounting? And so I looked into it, and I started taking the classes, and I enjoyed it. And I really like numbers. I know most people hate math, and they, they don't like that stuff, but I really enjoy <laughs> math. I like numbers. Um, and so that's how I got into accounting, working in the accounting department is, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not the most stressful thing. Um, I think because I have a good balance of teaching and so I'm not just sitting in front of my desk uh, looking at numbers all day. So it's been, it's been enjoyable. Like I said, everything that I do right now, i I really, really enjoy. Like it's just, I enjoy it.
1: <laughs> well, well I think you, you're in a very unique position because you have an opportunity to, Uh, really check a lot of boxes and to do a lot of different things. You work with young kids in Spanish. Then you work with high school kids in Spanish. Then you maybe do some work in the financial side of things. So you play with some numbers. Then then you coach uh, sixth grade boys, which is a great age. Uh, And then you also assist a little bit with, uh, you know, varsity football. And then obviously you're contributing to all the things uh, that go around Care Youth League as well. So it sounds like every day, Will, every week, every month that you're out there doing things, I mean – they must go a little quick because you're you're doing so many different things and just kind of rolling from one thing to the next.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 great. I I I love staying busy. Here's the here's one of the best parts, Matt, and you I know a lot of people have talked about this summer trips. So I I also got my bus license and I'm one of the bus drivers <laughs> and I get asked to drive every summer, whether it's a boys or a girls' trip. I get asked to drive on a trip. And oh my goodness, summer trips are just the best. And I think I forgot who it was that they said when you're a kid, you know, it's a certain experience. You're with your friends, and you, you know, you got to do all this stuff. There is like discipline involved. You know, you're trying to be turned into a man, and so it's a little bit different than being a leader. When you're a leader, and I think you've been on a couple trips where you were a leader, it's just different. There's a lot, a lot of freedom. It's just very enjoyable, and so I get to do that pretty much every summer. Also. Uh, So yeah, like I said, everything that I do, I just absolutely love. Well, not many people get to say that in their life. They
1: they can say, "Oh yeah, I, I like I like what I do," but it really sounds you're very sincere about it. I, I can tell. Uh, you know, I, I could picture you uh, driving a big bus, <laughs> and uh, you know, that was one thing I when I was working at Care, I never had to do, or or I was probably they they were just starting to kind of push us that direction. It seems like that's one thing for people that don't know anyone that kind of works at Care Youth League. I would say most people. Uh, it seems like driving a bus, uh, getting bus training, is right up there, and I never had to. do do it uh but you know what I, I, it was always intimidating to me i see people driving big buses i'm like i haven't i have a tough enough time with my toyota camry i can't imagine <laughs> driving a big bus full of kids
0: yeah at first it is intimidating uh but once you get used to it it's not it's not a big deal unless you're in a big city like washington dc san francisco seattle those are the worst uh trying <laughs> to drive a big bus around there uh but yeah so, as a numbers guy, tell me. And you're a details guy.
1: Uh, I, I'm I'm assuming here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot. I'm gonna take a shot at this. You said you've been on multiple trips. You've driven. All, you've driven the buses. Have you ever added up the miles on one summer
0: trip and said, "I just drove however many thousand miles on one trip"? I don't. I know I've had to do it because we're supposed to record it. I just don't remember <laughs> what those numbers are. I've done. I think okay. I've, I've just done it. So I don't remember. But it's definitely <laughs> let's see, man, if I had a guess. I it also depends where you're going. Sometimes we go across the entire US, sometimes we just go up up the coast. So I don't know. I'm not I don't off the top of my head I just couldn't tell you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, we know it's three thousand uh, direct to the coast, uh, r- roughly, and three thousand back. So there's there's six right there. I would say you're probably in the neighborhood of ten thousand uh, at some point. You're probably so
0: probably right, something
1: <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I can I cannot imagine. And yes, those summer trips they were they were so incredible. And again, telling people who haven't gone through it, you have to tell them. Over and over because they can't comprehend, and when you really break it down,
0: it doesn't make any
1: sense. Nope. It, it really doesn't. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really, hard to
0: explain. <laughs> yeah, it is hard to explain.
1: I mean, hey, six weeks. We're gonna travel the U.S. We're gonna do. We're gonna go to these uh, sites and tour things, and but at the same time, we're gonna put on some production. We're gonna eat out uh, in. in Nice, you know, in these restaurants, we're going to wear nice clothes, we're going to uh, be respectful to everyone. And but the learning experiences from those things, I still will never forget. Um, it, as a leader, even there was a sign, you know, we put on the on the top of the uh, the door as you exited uh-huh. the book, and it was simple. And it said, Hey, remember who you're representing and you had to touch it when you, you know, at least that's how I had my guys do it. When, <laughs> when I was on the trail, I said, everyone touches that sign when they leave uh, because at all times you remember who you're representing, uh, not just the school, but your family and, and you know, God, of course, too. So at all times, and that was just a, a little reminder. I, I love symbolism Will, and all those little things uh, that that really get through to people. Cause for me, I'm a very visual guy anyway. So I just, those are the things I remember from summer trips is just really Uh, when you're a kid, you know, you're becoming a man. And and then as an adult, you know, you're responsible for young men and really trying to uh, help them out every single day and not just that 2 p.m. to to 5 p.m. window that you uh, traditionally get to work with
0: them during the school year. Right, yeah. Yep, you said it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, well, Will, uh, one other thing, kind of big news for you. Uh, You know, you were married on March 1st. Uh, so you you just beat that uh, that COVID lockdown, huh? Yep,
0: just barely beat it. And this is <laughs> this is a crazy story because when we were uh, looking for a date, originally we we were looking at March fifteenth, and we went to the venues, we looked them up or whatever. And the venue that we actually chose, um, their March fifteenth date was already taken, so we had to find another date, and um, we went with March first. You know, this was like in September, October, whatever it was, we decided to do March 1st, and man, (laughs) God worked it out that we could get married before that coronavirus hit, and yeah, we got really lucky. I mean, obviously, God worked (laughs) it out, but you know. Yeah. No,
1: there's been a lot of people uh I know that have had to postpone their weddings or just said, you know what, let's just go get it done at a courthouse and they've 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 not had the opportunity to have the, the full wedding and everything. So yeah, there's there's little blessings, you know, here and there that, that you may not realize are happening at the time. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> work out. So so Will, what's uh you you've always been I don't know, to me, you were in my brother's class. we you and I interacted a little bit here and there, but you always seem kind of a, uh, you know, hundred miles an hour kind of guy. Like we, we always touched on all your different jobs and all your different involvement and everything. So what's married life been like for you these past few months? Uh, has it, has it slowed you down at all? Is, uh, <laughs>
0: is your wife just understanding of, of who you are or just kind of, what's it been like? Any changes? I mean, the, the crazy thing is that we don't really know what like normal life is because when we got back <laughs> from our honeymoon, I think we had, Two, two like regular days. Like I went to go teach, I went to go coach. And then after that was when the whole lockdown started. And so ever since then, we've been like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what normal marriage. I don't, I don't think I know what normal (laughs) marriage life is. I don't know (laughs) because we've been in in lockdown or we were in lockdown. So um, I have actually been doing everything the same because Mm -hmm. I do live near, near care. So I I just walk to work. Um, when we were teaching, we had to do the online thing, but I would go down there. I would do my Zoom meetings, then I would work in the finance office. So really, I've been doing everything like nine to five job basically. Uh, my wife has been stuck at home, um, so yeah, I don't really know <laughs> to be honest. It's been great. We've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed it. So
1: nice. Well, well, what's uh. What? So you talked about the lockdown and kind of your job not changing much. But, I mean, as a teacher, I've talked to a couple teachers on here. I mean, what has that been like, this whole distance learning thing, especially something like Spanish with elementary kids? I know know they're just kind of learning words, but, I mean, is it more – is it this online Zoom meeting type stuff? I mean, how do you keep kids' attention? What's that whole experience been like for you? So
0: with the elementary kids, I was trying to figure out a way where – I can, you know, somehow still give them words that they could practice or do some kind of online thing. It was a little more difficult than what we thought. Um, and so after a few weeks, I, we kind of just stopped and I said, well, I don't know if it's going to work with the elementary kids. Um, because with them, it's like you're teaching the kindergartners a certain thing. You're teaching the the second and third graders a certain thing. You're teaching the fifth graders a certain thing. And so it was a lot of stuff that um, I had to or I was trying to transfer over online, but we just couldn't figure out a good way to do it. And so, with the elementary school kids, I, we just kind of stopped, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the high school kids, it was definitely a transition um, because I'm not I'm not a very text tech, tech savvy guy, kind of like you. And so, when we <laughs> when we had to turn everything online, it took me a couple weeks to just figure it out. Like, how do I put this online? Um, our, our faculty or our principal did a great job of trying to get us, you know, get us all up to date with it, up to speed with it. And so once I did it, I, I it was easy or I figured it out, but it was definitely a tough transition, especially coming back from a honeymoon. And all of a sudden you got to go into uh, online mode. And I, you know, I had no no idea what I was doing at first, but once I figured it out, I got it. Um, it was still tough because, especially with Spanish where you're, you're trying to interact with the kids in another language. Um, on like on the zoom meetings, it, you know, they had their, they're there, but they didn't really, you know, respond or, so it was tough. It was definitely tough. Um, but you know, we did the best that we could. Um, Hopefully they pick some things up, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: You know, one thing I've thought about this whole time is, is the, is kids and being in school, uh, especially high school. I know that, you know, this happened in March and they got to play football of course and basketball. So there was only really baseball left, but that was one thing that was a tough adjustment for me in college was going to school while not playing sports. I just, I, I can't fathom that being a high school kid having to do schoolwork and not having the opportunity to play sports in the afternoon, every single day that, that just has to drive those kids
0: crazy. At least it would have for me. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. And I think uh, at the beginning, when it first happened, I think the kids enjoyed the zoom meetings just because they could see their friends. But Especially in my class, it seemed like it got old and they, you know, they got bored of it and they just, they were were there because they had to be there. And yeah, some of the kids who who wanted to play sports, you know, I don't, yeah, you're right. I'm with you. I don't know what I would have (laughs) done. I would have hated it. Oh, man school's hard enough without uh,
1: without, take, without taking sports away so uh, crazy stuff um, well well will one other thing that you do uh, at Rio hondo prep and, and you know uh, you're someone I got tremendous respect for because you have a, you have a really good uh, sports brain we'll call it but I think you and I are, are similarly similarly minded people and and one of the things you do with Rio hondo prep football is is you you're like the eye in the sky you're, you're the guy who is up in the booth with the headset, uh, maybe not calling plays or anything, but for the team, but you are, uh, you are giving, you know, the information to what you see, uh, you, you know, I, that was stuff I always like to do is being up high with the bird's eye view and everything. So what can you tell me about, you know, kind of your experience in doing that? I know your voice is often heard uh, on the game film yeah. from you being excited <laughs> but but you know how did that all start for you and then and then what has it been like for you just being uh, involved with Real Hondo Prep football all these years
0: So after I graduated Mark Carson just I don't know he randomly just asked me do you want to do you want to do this for us and I said yeah I mean I think I was helping with the practices I was already going out there to help and he asked if I wanted to do that go up in the up in the lift with the headsets and be able to talk to all the coaches and so I did that and yeah, I mean it's it's fun because I get to talk to both the offense and the defense and you kind of get to see the whole picture as opposed to you know if you're a defensive coordinator you're just focused on defense or offensive coordinator you're working on calling plays. So I enjoy being able to see the whole the whole thing, you know. Um and it's the be- <laughs> I mean it's the best view you can get. You're up you're up top um, you get to see everything. And, yeah, like you said, sometimes you hear me on the film. Sometimes I get a little too excited and uh, start shouting and cheering. And But, you know, because it's, it's fun.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. It's, a. It's a, you know, when I was coaching, I got to do that uh, a couple times and I was running defensive things. And I told Todd, I said, I want to be upstairs. We got these headsets. Let me go upstairs and run things up there. If I got to talk to kids, we'll put a headset on them, whatever. Yeah. But uh, I just felt – uh, I, I like that look up there, and it, it gave it. You gotta have that look, and just communication with with coaches uh, down on the field. I mean, uh, I gotta ask what What are some of the now that Mark's the head coach, and maybe it could be it could be any time. What are some of the funniest things you've heard, uh, <laughs> Mark? Not, not yelling at someone, but maybe just. Either venting to you upstairs, like Will, you got it. You got to tell us what's going on in, in the C
0: cap or or Will. What do you see? I mean, what are some of the things? Take us into the headset on game day. What it's like? <laughs> yeah, Mark is definitely he's he's a passionate dude, and so yeah, every once in a while he'll he'll let me know like, hey, I got to get my head in the game. Um, but <laughs> besides Mark, I mean, we got we got some characters. AJ Corsini, He was on your podcast. He he was just start shouting some ra- random things sometimes. <laughs> He's funny. Uh Mr. Randy Johnson, he's he's very quick-witted and he'll have these one-liners and sometimes it's like <laughs> what did he what did he just say? But he's just really funny. So yeah, I do get to, I do get to hear all that. It is it is fun.
1: Oh man, I, I just you got to laugh at times and uh I, <laughs> I mean, what, what are some of the things you kind of point out up there? Do you do you see kind of uh, the the adjustments that the defense does uh, against the Rio offense? Do you see uh, some of the, the different techniques that the other offense is doing is blocking maybe to the, to the Rio defense? I mean, what, what are the things
0: you see or that stand out most? I'll say when you're upstairs during a game. So offensively uh, Mr. Johnson is actually very good and he's very organized. So he has me <clears throat> looking for different things that when he watches on film, the defense likes to do, whether it's, uh, they're they're bumping with our motion, whether it's you know what how they're lining up in different formations. So he's very like detailed, and so I, I he usually has a list for me to look for. Um, defensively, I'm looking for uh, the other team's tendencies on offense, like when some one type of personnel is in, what do they like to do? Uh, you know stuff like that, and so I'm always I'm constantly throughout the game looking for. I guess there would be more tendencies, what I think they're going to do. Um, but, yeah, that's that's part of – I mean, that's part of, you know, scouting. And so every once in mm-hmm. a while, I don't get to watch much film just because I'm busy doing so many other things. And so usually Mark and Mr. Johnson have all that stuff scouted out. Um, but that's basically what I'm looking for, tendencies. Okay.
1: Well, Well, have, as far as, like, when you're on the road, are other teams uh, – do, do they – uh, are they accommodating for you guys as far as letting you up there in, in the booth? Have you ever had any run-ins with with other teams because you're kind of sharing a similar area up there, atop the press box? Any situations like that?
0: I've never had any run-ins. Usually, I just go with Mister Bray, who does all the filming. And <laughs> uh, th- Mister Bray is a really nice guy, and so I'm sure before before I get there, he's already talked to them and he's probably made friends with them. And so when I get there, you know, it's it's not it's not it's all peaceful and everything. <laughs> um but well, one thing I do hate is the other team's fans because usually we're on the on the home team like when we're at away games we're on the home team side up in the press box and man I just hate listening to their fans complain and I just hate it. <laughs> I'm sure our fans do it too, but because it's the other team I just absolutely hate it. Will, as
1: a will as a referee I I, I hate most fans so uh, I can't I can' say no're I mean we're all, I don't mean that uh, sincerely uh, well at least most of the time uh, but uh, yeah it's funny when people say those things like oh yeah the, the other team's fans and I'm like well uh, as an impartial guy you know right a lot of time, both
0: teams nah, I get that. both
1: parties are, are a little out of line but uh, anyway that those are my two cents. I I enjoy watching games uh, now not just real games but but just anything really, just kind of being off by myself uh, because, you know, people have a vested interest and I, and I want Rio to win. I really do. I love watching them. I hate when mistakes are made by, uh, you know, whoever officials or whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like everyone's trying to do a job out there and and competition is so great. So much fun to watch. Uh, yeah. Rio, Rio games for sure. So I, I'm with you there. Will. sometimes, yeah. The closer you get to the stands, sometimes you're like, oh, really? Yeah. Did someone really just say that? <laughs> yeah. Well, Will, while we're talking about real Hondo Prep football and just, you know, how special it is and, uh, you know, all the different experiences, especially you helping out as you're kind of upstairs in the in the press box or the, the eye in the sky, if you will. I mean, what can you tell me just about your experiences at Real Hondo Prep, um, just in general, like... Why real Hondo Prep football is special, and, and you had a real special senior season. We'll we'll go into that in a second, but just as far as playing sports at Real Hondo Prep, what was that whole experience like for you? I mean, it's got to be crazy, right? That it's uh, it was like 15 years ago now. Uh, I'm sure that's weird looking back, but yeah, you know, what was that whole experience like for you?
0: Yeah, I try not to think about that how long ago it was, but yeah, it is definitely <laughs> crazy. Um, man, I mean, I think it all started in the junior high program. Um, Todd and Randy Johnson were our coaches at the time and um, when I got to Rio, I didn't really know many people. I didn't <laughs> I didn't really want to go to Rio. Um, that was not, that's another story, but we got like, time I go. We got time will let us know, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the school I was going to, um, Sierra Vista middle school. I was, uh, I was actually supposed to be the seventh grade president the following year. So I, I had a lot of friends. I knew a lot of kids. Um, and, you know, I wanted to be there. And something happened over the summer where my dad had heard on the radio that Sierra Vista, there was some kid from Sierra Vista who went to another student's house and they killed their family or something, something crazy And when he told me that I was like terrified and I said, I don't, well, I don't want to go to Sierra Vista now. Um, and so it was actually the Friday before school started, my parents signed me up to Rio uh, because they knew, they knew about it. And you know, Gary Shintaku, Mike Murphy, had been talking to them about it or talking to me about it. And so when I told them I didn't want to go to Sierra Vista, they said, all right, well we'll put you into Rio. And so that's how I ended up at Rio. Uh, and here's the crazy part. Later on, I found out that Sierra Vista wasn't my school. It was actually Sierra Vista High School. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, again, God worked it out um, that I would get to Rio. And so seventh grade, I didn't know many people. Um, I had a couple teammates, Nick Gonzalez, who had been the Tiger with me in Care Youth League. Um, he was he went there. And I knew, I knew the other kids because I had played them, played against them for, like, years. You know, I knew Sam because he was on the Gators. I saw him almost you know every week at practice and I knew he was the Gator I, I knew a bunch of the guys who were on other teams but I didn't really know them and I think starting 7th grade year we just we just built this bond that we were just so close and the atmosphere at Rio it's like especially football games everyone goes to the football games everyone is into the football games and I remember uh 7th and 8th grade um we were actually water boys. You were on, <laughs> I'll tell this story in a little bit, but you were on those teams. And I remember watching, you know, uh, Kyle Corral, John Etteria, Jason Dinius, Chris Rossiter, all those guys. And man, it just fell in love with it. Football wasn't my favorite sport, but just seeing, seeing these guys and you go to school with them. So you see them every day. It was just such a cool, cool thing. Um, and, you know, we're a small school, so you get to know them. You <clears> know, I would talk to, Kyle Corral during snack or whatever. I, I might say something to him, you know, but it was just such a cool experience, such a family atmosphere. Um, but yeah, so that, I think that whole thing started in junior high, uh, Todd Carson and Randy Johnson. I think they just, they just gave us this passion for Rio for sports and just for being uh godly young men. And I think that definitely helped our group out. Um, now when I was in eighth grade, um, there was a championship football game that we, uh, we got to go to. And, uh, it was, uh, real hundred prep against Joshua Springs. Uh, do you remember the name Colin Woodbury?
1: I sure do. He, uh, he rushed for over 200 yards against us and uh, scored four touchdowns. Yeah,
0: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And I just, rem- I was a water boy at the time or a towel boy, whatever I was. And I just remember that game was so crazy. Um, and I keep, I, whenever I think of that, I just Colin Woodbury comes to mind. Um, But the cool thing about that, and this is what kind of – this was my dream. So, we got – it was an overtime game. I think we stopped them. We got the ball, and Matt Hersema quarterback, sneaks in. The (laughs) game-winning touchdown. And I just remember celebrating and thinking, because I was a quarterback, and I remember thinking, man, that's my dream, like to win a CIF championship on a quarterback sneak. You know, in in baseball, it's the walk-off hit. Basketball, it's the buzzer beater. Usually football is like, you know, a Hail Mary, but I couldn't throw the ball more than 40 yards. So my my absolute dream was to do a quarterback sneak to win a CIF championship um, because you did it. And it was just such a cool experience. It was just such an awesome thing.
1: <laughs> oh, man, taking me back. Yeah, you know, that was a surreal moment, a surreal feeling. I remember laying there for a second, like, we, we, we just we just did this yeah, and then uh, it got upset, but you know, in all honesty uh, landed Goodwell, who was a freshman, Uh, you know, in the, in overtime, you start on the 25 yard line. I think he ran for 12 yards and then Victor on ran for who was a senior. He ran for another 12 yards. I just had the last yard, uh, maybe even a half a yard. It just kind of, kind of wiggled in, if you will. So I don't know, uh, probably the quarterback sneak was the safest play there. That's why it happened. But I remember when the play came in and went, Oh man, this could be it. And uh, yeah, I no, I appreciate that. Will. that was, that was a crazy moment. Uh, it, it's something you, man, it doesn't seem uh, real all these years, but yeah, we were not supposed to be, I mean, if we're honest, we were not supposed to beat that team. They were undefeated. Oh, yeah. They, they had killed everyone by 50 points. Uh, Colin Woodbury was unbelievable. Uh, I think he had a bunch of D one offers and then he, he got into trouble or something, but I remember getting just faked out of my socks when him and I, he ran. He ran the ball into into the <laughs> into the hole, and I it's like, I got him. And he yeah, I, made a yeah, move on me.
0: Oh, dude, I just I collapsed. <laughs> yeah, I remember th- that. <laughs> official broken ankles, both of them just dropped. Like, remember, like almost. I remember thinking, like, did Matt just flop or what happened? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I remember thinking, it looked like I took
1: a dive. I mean, it looked <laughs> like I was shaving points or something. I, I was like, me and him, and I just he made a move, and neither of my legs worked, and they just fell and yeah he broke for a 30 yard touchdown or something and all their fans were like oh here we go I remember crying and slamming the ground so mad at myself and yeah. uh, you know then we we came back and it was such a fun game to be a part of I mean I, I, I laughed I cried I, I was in pain I was in the joy it was everything you could possibly experience yeah. uh yeah the last eight man championship in real Hondo history and it was uh, on our on our field and it was an upset and overtime just a special time uh so thank you for sh- for sharing that <laughs> let, let, let's talk about the first 11-man championship in Rio Hondo prep history uh you guys were juniors will um you were in my brother's class you guys were juniors in 2004 uh the football season that is and you guys were on a very good team a lot of that senior class had a lot of talent, and a lot of talent. Landon Goodwell, who we mentioned, uh, Dan Pastor, Fred Montablanco, uh, Andrew Garcia. Uh, I don't want to forget anyone. I'm sure I will, but just – Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of guys on that team. There's so many guys. And, and uh, you know, Gabe Perez. I mean, i am going to forget a name or two, but AJ, an incredible yeah. – AJ Corsini. The, the Oh, man, you talk about a pound-per-pound pound football player like – just a, un, Tom Bragger, just yep. a, an unbelievable class. They did great things. Obviously, playing with you guys, you guys got to the finals, and unfortunately, you, you ran into a better team that day. Up in a, a very cold, uh, cold atmosphere. Uh, it was cold for both teams, but uh, anyway, it didn't work out. You guys got beat. And I said this with Bill Lee, who was who ended up coaching you guys next year as a strength and conditioning coach. And and I told the words I told Bill were, you know what. The, the 05 team, meaning you guys, yeah. graduated in 06, but the football season's in 05. I said the 05 team, if, if we're really honest, was not supposed to do that well. And as I told you off the air, I hope that that was no offense to any of you seniors. But it, after coming off of an incredible team, and you guys had a huge part of that, I mean, all of you contributed as well. It, it wasn't supposed to be that way. It was like, oh, man, Rio had their shot at their first 11 man, and they lost, and you know what, uh, coming back the next year, people were going to support you guys and cheer for you, but the expectation at Rio was always to, to hang a banner at the end of the season no matter what level you're playing, but in all honesty, it was kind of like this, this almost a letdown going into the season. I mean, I I don't know how else to say it, uh, you know, it was just like, Oh man, after last season, I hope they, I hope they can get in the playoffs and make a run, but, but who knows what's going to happen. And, and honestly
0: it was one of the most magical football seasons I've ever
1: seen in 2005.
0: I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on paper. We weren't supposed to do much. And the thing is you don't play football on paper. Um, Yeah. But, but, you know, like I said, I think we had a great group and we established that group in junior high and we just had a love for each other. And, we were so connected, so bonded, and I think that that really helped us out um, just through our years in high school. Um, that, man, my senior year football season was incredible. Um, I think you mentioned the, the game we lost with Bill against Arrowhead Christian, 28-27. Um, they, they had their quarterback was actually in junior high. He beat us twice, so he went undefeated against us for our, our careers. Uh, but that was our only loss, and like Bill said, he was just on us the next week. He just he was telling us how bad we were and how embarrassed we should be, and um, so that was definitely a week where I think we had to look at ourselves and say what do, what do we what do we really want to do? And I think you mentioned we came back the following week, beat an undefeated Maranatha team fifty to zero, and after that it was just, I mean, we didn't lose a game and. Um. Yeah, it was magical. I think the one, one of the, one of the best memories I have. I mean, there's a ton of memories, but the St. Margaret's game, um, at home, the semifinal game, that was another game we weren't supposed to win. Um, and again, God worked it out that there would be some <laughs> rain and some mud. Because <laughs> they were definitely the more athletic team, and we pulled that one out. That was such a great atmosphere. And uh, I remember leaving the field after that game knowing that that was our last um, home football game. And that was, it was very emotional. I remember it being emotional. And uh, I remember all the seniors just, you know, huddling them up together and saying, you know, we got one more game. This isn't it. And then, uh, yeah, the following week, went out to uh, North Hollywood, played Campbell Hall. Campbell Hall actually had, I think, three Division One athletes on that team. So mm-hmm. kind of like you guys against Joshua Springs, we weren't supposed to win. Um, and so one of my favorite memories is uh, Kurt Coulter, who, if you had to say, like, our best player, that was probably Kurt Coulter. We didn't have, like, a superstar. Mm-hmm. We were just a bunch of solid dudes. But Kurt was probably our best player. And I remember Kurt uh, making sure before we left, um, our pastor at the time, Mr. Uh, Francis Ostergaard, um he was he he couldn't go to the games cuz he was just older but i remember kurt saying can you make sure he prays for us before we leave and like i said we were such a bonded and close-knit team and that like to me that meant a lot because <clears throat> i think we were all on the same page you know yeah we're going to a football championship yeah we want to win but in the end like we're doing this to glorify god and we god has given us this opportunity and I just I remember him saying that and thinking, wow, we are definitely like on the same page. Um, yeah. And then yeah, get to the game. I it go, the game goes by so fast when you're in a championship game, it just goes by so fast, <laughs> and it's incredible because I can rem- I can vividly remember some plays and I can like I can tell you the first probably four plays that we ran, and how you know, oh, this is going to happen here if I'm watching the film, but it was just so crazy and. And then the, at the end of the game, um, we're trying to run the ball out, it's fourth down, and there's like, I don't know, six seconds left. And so we thought we ran the – we did like a power 31. We thought we ran the ball out. <laughs> and then we start to celebrate. And sure enough, the clock guy stopped it with like 0. 0.3 seconds. And so they yep. get a chance to do a Hail Mary, but we knock it down. The You guys stormed – I remember the pet band storming the field. <laughs> it was just such an incredible moment. It's uh, – yeah, you just you never you never forget that stuff, and it was just really really cool.
1: What I love about the first Rio Championship game is that in, in eleven man, the first victory was that it was it was my kind of football game. It was oh. 10, 10 to seven, <laughs> yeah, 10 to seven. You don't even get baseball games that score these days, and and I loved it. It was, it was just. It was just gritty. You're nervous the whole time. Uh, you know, special teams are, are special for a reason, you know. And it's just all the little things that, that add up. And, I mean, the previous year, the game was 13 uh, nothing, I believe, yes. in the final. So, another low-scoring game. And, and you know, it, man, you guys had an incredible defense, a great team. Will, you were the quarterback on that team. Uh, my brother was on the offensive line. Uh, you know, Dave Guerrero, he's been on this program. He was the yep. center. Um, my center, yes. Yeah, incredible group of guys. One funny thing I remember was that you guys were so close. You were so fired up that you won. If, if my memory serves me correctly, that you guys, your your whole team, or maybe it was just the seniors, you guys decided that night you guys were going to sleep on uh, on your home football field. You're going to set out sleeping bags yep. and sleep that yep. night, right?
0: Yep. We, uh, we went out for a team meal, I think, at Chili's to celebrate and then we came back to uh field one. We set up a projector up on the wall, the Hampton Hall Wall, so guys could play uh video games. We set up a tent, we had a bunch of uh, a bunch of pads laid out and our sleeping bags and we slept there. Um I don't know if everyone stayed, but I think most of the guys stayed. Oh, I don't know why I, I don't know why we did that. I think we I think we had said whether we win or lose, we're gonna sleep on the field. Um yeah, because we're just so connected, <laughs> such a bond. And then the next morning we go to church, which it was right there, so it was really cool.
1: Oh man, that was you can't you couldn't write that stuff in a book. I mean, that was that was so cool. I remember my brother and I'd been out of high school for three years at that point, and my brother telling me all these things, and I was like, I was so happy for him. I mean, I remember hugging him after that semifinal game, after everyone was just full of mud and, and rain all over him. And he was so happy. I was happy. And my parents, my, my family, we were big football uh, fans, big football family, but yes, going back and sleeping on the, on the home field and then rolling out of bed and into church the next month. I mean, th- that's just, that sums up real hard pro football right there <laughs> for, yep. for yep. the outsiders. Yep. Uh, well, will we cannot talk about that season with without talking about one of the most unique, uh, interesting uh, components of that year. And I remember you talking about it as it was happening. Uh, my brothers told me about it since then. And I, I, I spoke on this with Mr. Dan Baumgartner Sr. Yeah. Uh, and I want you to confirm it because you were the team captain. You were out on every single coin toss that year. Let's say you played 10 regular season games and four Uh, postseason games let's let's say those are the numbers uh you guys went nine and one in the regular season and then of course four and oh in the postseason but you guys did lose one game by one point and that happened to be out of 14 games (laughs) the only game you guys lost a coin toss whether you were home or away uh is that is that was that true is that really what happened
0: if i remember correctly yeah that's true i I, I kind of forgot about that until you mentioned it. And I was trying to think back, is that really what happened? And I'm pretty sure it was. Um, if I said that to you a long time ago, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> that's what it was. I just don't, I don't, I don't know if there's any way for me to remember that, but yeah, I, I think I mean, it is true. I
1: think I, it is true. I, I, people don't record that. I mean, you know, Hey, how many coin right, yeah. tosses do we win this year? But I remember like you kept saying it during the season. And then once you started saying it, uh, after like eight games or something, I'd watch intently at the coin toss and see you guys win it again. <laughs> and you guys would be jogging back and I'd be like, okay, they got this. Like <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: 13 and one on the field and in coin tosses. That's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that is,
0: that is crazy.
1: I love that stuff. Well, well, Will, what can you tell me? I mean, you, you work at RHP, you got some great memories there as well. Um, I mean, what can you tell me about Care Youth League and getting your start there. Did you start there from a young age? Uh, was it was it later in your elementary years, or did you kind of join Care Youth League right away in the kindergarten years?
0: So I, from what my parents tell me, because I don't I don't totally remember, but I joined I joined in kindergarten, and I remember them telling me that I joined because I was like a really active kid at home. I was running around playing playing ball with whatever ball football basketball soccer whatever it was. And they took me to the park one day uh, and they saw, you know, these kids playing soccer. And so they asked about, you know, when can I sign up my kid are, are their spots open? And they said, yeah, you can sign them up, you know, in kindergarten or whatever. And so I signed up for soccer, which is actually my, my first love. Um, and so I signed up for soccer. Uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And because uh, I was pretty good at soccer, I think, I think if I remember correctly or if my dad was right, I think I scored like three goals a game or something like that Um, And because I knew what I was doing. The other kids didn't really know. But um, And so I played soccer, and I loved it. And because CARE is unique and it's like a year-round sports program, um, Mr. Jim Davis, who was my coach at the time, I think they told my parents, like, do you want to stick around for basketball? And my parents said, yeah, sure, let's try it. And so I played basketball and did the same thing for baseball. And the following year, I think, or then we played soccer again, and then we got into football. So, yeah, ever since, like, I think ever since the very beginning of whenever I could start, I was in care, um, stayed in care throughout, uh, did Mm -hmm. that whole experience. And so, yeah, I started when I was very, very young. You know what's crazy, Will,
1: is I talk to other people, and whether they're curiously or not, I mean, there's a lot of agreement here. I, I just can't imagine as a kid anyway, only playing one sport or even two sports. Like, I mean, how else did the year go for you? I mean, playing multiple sports builds so much character and just really shows you that there's more to it than just I mean, do we take one subject in school? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean I I just I think the reason I played all the sports was because my parents didn't want me sitting at home messing around all the time. And so they just put sports and yeah, I just did it. And I it. Yeah.
1: I think that's one of the most unique things about uh, care youth league is that it is year round sports. Um, you know, yeah, you may like baseball or soccer or foot, you know, but Hey, this is about commitment and being involved. And that translates into the high school, you know, everyone's on the football team it's in, in one way or another, and then obviously contributing to other sports or whatever, but, you know, being being active, being around it all—I just, I just can't imagine just uh, hey, just taking uh, you know science, science year round or, or, or English year round. I mean, yeah. that's just that's just crazy to me. I gotta be on the the hardwood or the uh, the baseball diamond or the football field. I gotta, I gotta mix it up, man. That's oh man. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, not, not
0: only that, but I think I've heard many people say that if you play all the sports, just athletically, you're building you're building different muscles and you just become a better athlete. So even if you yes. are like a kid who wants to specialize in one sport, it's probably not a bad idea to do everything because you're 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 becoming a better athlete. And I, I know I've heard that multiple times. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You
1: you take a break, if nothing else, and from from your your sports you you specialize in, um, but rather than sit on a couch or whatever, you, you go you go shoot baskets. Like it's just it, absolutely I'm I'm total agreement there. And that's something I wish was going on more, and I'm glad that Lee continues to do that. Uh, Will I want to ask you about your family? Uh, you come from a great family. Uh, you have a great brother and sister. Christian Torrico was your younger brother. Carola Torrico, uh, your your older sister. She actually married she, one my, of my good my younger fr- sister. What's that? She's younger. She is younger. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, she just acts so much mature than you, Will. I guess yeah, that's I guess so. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, my apologies. You are the old. I don't want to. I don't want to rob you of that uh, oldest sibling. Uh, <laughs> Oh, the sibling, sibling crowd crown. Yeah, you know. We wear that well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Good correction there. Uh, well, anyway, you may, your younger sister, Carola married, uh, one of my good friends, Renzo Roel, who I went to school with. Yep. Uh, and, and I believe you, your, your brother is married and, and I believe they, you know, everybody has, has kids now. So I know you're a proud uncle, right? And just oh, yeah. what has the experience been like for you?
0: Oh man, uh, both my nephews, Cameron and Matthew, I just love them to death. It's like, if man, I to me, it almost feels like they're my kids. But you know, I don't have to deal with the diapers and the waking up at night. <laughs> but whenever I see them, I just I love them. Like, and it's fun just to see how they grow, um, the little characters that they are. Um, <laughs> it's just so enjoyable. Like, I love being with them. And, yeah, so my brother's married, my sister's married, we're all married. So, yeah, whenever we get together, it's just a great time.
1: (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, Renzo is a kind-hearted guy. I always uh, love to tease him growing up. We don't see each other as much as we'd like to anymore. But, again, those bonds never end. And I was really happy to see him uh, find someone uh, like Corolla. I mean, it's crazy. To me, they seem – they're very similar, I think. And they're they're doing a similar – they're in similar jobs yes. as well. Not yeah. exactly, but they're very giving people. And, and Renzo was on this program not too long ago. So, uh, you know, it, it's funny how the world works sometimes, the, the circle of life, if you will, yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I do want to ask about your your parents, Will. Um, you, you guys are, or your parents are from Bolivia. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. Well, uh, what, what was that experience like for them, I guess, growing up with – Uh, with your parents. I mean, to me, they were the nicest people in the world. I say that about so many different people, but they were, they really were. I mean, I didn't talk to them a whole lot, but I remember your mom was super nice to my brother all the time. Uh, Mr. Tirico, very friendly. And just what was it like having parents that you you said, you mentioned to us that Spanish was your first language. I mean, what was the whole experience like for them uh, coming here from Bolivia and just having that uh, background in your family?
0: Yeah. So, well, they, they both have big families. My, my mom, is uh one of nine kids and wow my dad is one of i believe his was seven um and so so they come from big families um my dad actually uh came here first um one of my uncles was already here or one of my uncles and aunts were already here and so my mom and dad actually met in bolivia and they were planning on getting married but my dad said um you know we need to go to, to america <laughs> because it's just a better life there's no future in bolivia um, and so he got over here, he worked, um, I don't know if it was a year or two years, something like that. Then my mom came over and they got married here. Um, and it's funny cause I recently, I was just asking, asking them about this and, uh, yeah, they got married here. They, we lived in LA. So they lived in LA. They, uh, they were managers of an apartment, like a 60 unit apartment or something. And so my mom was kind of in charge of that. She would, um, you know, rent out the apartment to different people. My dad would work a couple different jobs. He worked at a printing company during the day. And at night he, uh, he was like a parking attendant in uh, downtown LA. And so they definitely worked hard. Um, and I was born in LA. Obviously I don't remember cause I'm, a, you know, I was a baby, but I, I, I love asking them about it because it just reminds me how, just working hard will get you somewhere. And I'm so thankful that my parents were, were willing to do that for us Um,
1: just to come, go to a
0: new country where they don't know the language, you know, work hard and they made something of themselves. And um, yeah, I'm just so thankful for that. Um, Spanish was my first language. I didn't know English until I got to preschool. And even in preschool uh, the school I went to, like, I only spoke Spanish. I think uh, little by little I got the English. But, um, I mean, English, obviously, I was going to learn because I was surrounded by that. But, yeah, my parents, I mean, I just appreciate them so much. Um, uh, we we have gone back to Bolivia quite a few times. I think five or six times. this uh, The summer, last summer, we went, like, our whole family went. Um, my wife, my brother, his wife, Renzo. My sister, the kid the- or yeah the kids, and my parents, we all went to Bolivia, and we had a great time uh but yeah, I just you know i can't I can't be more thankful for my parents um i yeah, I just appreciate that. <laughs> I, I think they, they're, they're a great example
1: to so many people. And, and if, if you need uh you, you shouldn't need any, <laughs> any, uh, what should I say? Shouldn't need any evidence, but the evidence is in you three guys, you know, you, Carola and Christian, and the, the men and women that you guys have become, um, you're all married now and, and you've all done wonderful things. And just uh, a great example of what great parents like yours can, uh, you know can can create and, and i'm sure i don't have to tell you guys that but uh, that's that's pretty cool man being able to go back and look at and be in the country that um, you, your parents are from, and and I mean, I've been I've been to the Netherlands where you know my my family history is from, but I didn't know anyone who lived there, uh, you know, direct relatives or anything. So I can't imagine what it would have been like uh, to go to another country and see like, oh yeah, this is where this is where we lived before we came to America. That's just powerful stuff.
0: Yeah, no, we've we every time we go, we because we still have family out there. They ask, they still have family out there, so we always go see them. Um, we go back to like the place they used to live. And so it's it's a cool time. It's cool just to experience it. And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Definitely interesting. Bolivia is a different place. It's like a I don't know. <laughs> it's a very poor country. So I see why they decided to do that. And again, I'm very appreciative of that.
1: Oh, that's, that's great stuff. Well, uh, if they're listening, you know, hey, all the best to the Tarico family. They're just special people and, uh, yeah, great example to all of us. Uh, Will, I do got to credit you with something. You you told me this actually not too long ago. You sent me this Instagram post. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it said Flintridge Prep on it. And I went, what is this? <laughs> Why is someone sending me something from Flintridge Prep, one of our rivals? And it said they're changing their name to, uh, you know, something un- in unoffensive, uh, the Wolves. Yeah, Wolves, I think it was. Yes. And so I, you said, please talk about this on the show. I went, oh, absolutely. We'll talk about this on the show. <laughs> so you, you are not only a, a proud listener, but, uh, you know, you're someone who's contributed to this program in small ways. You know, reach. we love that. We love having uh, guests reach out to us or just listen or say, Hey, you know, I, I would like to have more of that. Like people just saying, Hey, what are you, what are your thoughts on this? Or, Hey, maybe we could have a conversation on this. I mean, I, I am completely open to uh, more content being driven by the listeners and we're trying our best to really put out content that people find interesting. So I'm glad that people like you and many others are at least tuning in every day or at least, uh, you know, not, not as loyal as you, but uh, every so often anyway.
0: That's great. I'll, I'll come up with more stuff, but I do have to uh, give Edwin Nixta that credit for that. Cause he, he actually sent me a link like on Twitter or something. And that's how I learned <laughs> about it. And I said, <laughs> Well, I know Matt Hersama hates the Flintridge Rebels uh, because, (laughs) uh, man, I remember you in high school. You just – you said if if you don't want to be here, go to Flintridge or something like that. And and so I figured, yeah, you'd probably enjoy reading that. So, yeah, I said that. Oh, man, yeah. yeah, yeah, Man, I had forgot I
1: did that stuff. Yeah, I I did used to say that, didn't I? I know you (laughs) Flint Flintridge. <laughs> I hated I hated the fluridge Prep Rebels and I really hate the fluridge Prep uh uh wolves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even say that. Yeah. It doesn't sound right. Oh my goodness. Well oh, oh that team, yes, oh man. Anyway, yeah, you got me all right that's fun that's funny, real. Yeah, <laughs> you and no, be They awesome.
0: play they play eight man football now, even though they have more kids on their roster than us, so Oh, of course. You know, you it's go. about safety
1: and yeah, okay. come on. It's about safety and uh, you know, just making sure everyone uh, gets a try. I mean, we shouldn't talk too much smack because, you know, Rio has such an eight man football history, but I mean, it has been, uh, let's see, 18 years now, Rio has been playing 11 man. So it's kind of like, you don't go backwards. You No, you do not. If you make progress, you don't go backwards. And, and let's be honest. They did that because they weren't being successful. They decided to go backwards and, uh, you know what? I just I hate stuff like that. Like, come on. Yeah. Play play football. I agree with you. Anyway, whatever. But uh, <laughs> well, Will, what are? <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, no that that type of stuff. And send me anything you want. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I am open to commenting on almost anything. Uh, and okay. within a reason. So uh, yeah, yeah, share right away. But uh, will I mean just what are your, as, in closing here, I mean what are kind of your thoughts on where we're at in society today? I mean you know we talk, we joke about Flintridge, but it seems like everything <laughs> is offensive. Every single thing we do out there, uh, if, if you say one thing or you post one thing, uh, someone doesn't like it or uh, it's just wants to run a completely different direction with it. I mean, we got this coronavirus lockdown these past few months. We got all kinds of things going on here in 2020. I know it's a year you'll never forget because you got married in 2020. Yep. But uh, other than that, that's really the only good thing I've heard in
0: 2020, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, so many things happening. Um, I think the way it affects me the most is that we don't get to coach. And mm-hmm. that has been tough because I think when you're used to seeing, a you know, your group of kids the whole year and then – you have to stop and, um, you know, and you're trying to find ways to connect with them and keep them, um, you know, keep them involved. That's tough. I get it. You know, there's an, il- there's a sickness out there. I get that. Um, and then, you know, the whole, just our, everything that's happening in our country. Um, I I don't know. <laughs> I, I I feel like I see both sides. Like, you know, you think about George Floyd and how he died. And obviously that was, you know, that officer is stupid. Like, why would you do that? Um, and I get that. Like, you know, there, I, I see that there is a problem with that. But at the same time, I think that sometimes it gets a little exaggerated. Um, you know, now we're trying to cancel things and change things. Like, okay, there's a problem, but it's not to that extent, I don't think. Um, and the way I see it is like now i don't I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to fix it, but I think that if people were just I feel like if people just had you know a godly mindset or had they had a little bit of Jesus in their life, like things like that wouldn't happen like i i, I and I keep going to, back to that officer, like what he did was pure evil, like why would you do that? like why would you yeah. just kill a guy like that? And I just think man if you had any 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 jesus in you like it just wouldn't i don't think he would do that and a lot of yeah. the issues i kind of see that way like this whole racism thing like racism is terrible um you know, you don't you don't do it but in just if people are you know decent human beings if they had a little bit of jesus in them like they wouldn't be doing this stuff and i hate seeing it um it's it's terrible it's stupid it just pushes our country back like we're just we're divided and yeah it's it's you know you kind of look at the future and think man what's it going to be like if we're doing this now like what's it going to be like so yeah it's a tough situation um but like with everything you got to do the best you can with what you have and um you know hopefully 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 it's over soon hopefully we fix the problems and um as far as uh the sensitivity issue man it's been happening for a while people are so <laughs> sensitive to anything and it's incredible like i just i don't i don't know it's just the way people are i guess i don't know yeah it's
1: uh I, i'm with you I, I
0: really hope some things change
1: soon but i'm hopeful but i don't know will and yeah you know it, this is this is all a reaction from so many different things i think over time this this all kind of exploded uh, with that incident in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But there's so many factors to this. I mean, yeah. years ago, they started taking God out of school. Right. They started taking uh, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance out of school. Uh, to some people, those are minor issues. But over time, again, with anything, negative or bad, a bunch of little things add up to big things. You don't build a skyscraper uh, just with with two or three big chunks, right? It's just from the ground up. It's little by little. And so it it could be building up to bad things. It could be building up to to positive things. I I always live my life that way, trying to see that little victories, little little things throughout the day, throughout the week or the year. Did you make yourself better? Like I I love little quotes. I love little phrases that are kind of bullet points that I can – Man, one of my favorites is control what you can control. Yeah, I mean, nope. it's it's simple, but it's th- that is all we can do. And I think uh, can I control being a more respectful person? Can I control the way I treat other people? Um, all those things. It's it's it, it falls on all of us. And the people that are you know burning things down and and rioting, you know, I don't really have much to say about that because. Uh, I think that's that's not really getting a message across. That's just uh, being extreme, and I don't think that that does anything. So uh, I think we all have to kind of control what we can control.
0: Yeah. Let me let me ask you this, Matt. Uh, uh, for the, with the NFL, this whole kneeling during the national anthem thing. Now, you know, I just kind of sometimes I just think about like, oh, maybe they could do this. Some people don't like that you kneel during the anthem. But at the same time, there's people who say, you know, we need to stand up for our rights. Well, what if you kneel like during the kickoff? Like that doesn't I feel like the kickoff isn't that like the thing that gets most photographed in the Super Bowl? Isn't that like the big, you know, everyone's watching the kickoff. So why not kneel during the kickoff? That way you're still uh, saluting the flag, but you are still making your point. Like, what do you what do you think about that?
1: Well, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think, you know, uh, that the whole point of all this, and, and people, it's been so funny how all of this has been twisted multiple times. Well, this isn't a protest of the flag. Okay, well, why are you doing it during the national anthem? Right. Well, uh, it's because it's a moment when uh, and everyone is kind of focused on, on something, um, you know, regarding the flag and, and is paying attention. Okay, so what you're telling me is you're taking a moment we're all supposed to focus on and uh, pay tribute uh, to uh, ev- the, the, everyone who has come before us, uh, and you're making that moment now about you. Now, I'm not saying your cause isn't horrible or wrong. Uh, in some situations, it is, and I can get to that, but you're taking a special moment. To me, it's like this, Will. Let's say, let's say you're an atheist. Let's say you don't believe in God mm-hmm. when you're in a situation where there is prayer people are praying they're bowing their heads uh, and they are saying a thirty second prayer w- what do you think a a real a, a i don't know a respectful atheist would do i mean do do they laugh and joke around and and, and say things no, they are paying i would think I don't know for certain but you know, they, they're being reverent. they say, okay, well, this is a special time or an important time for these people. Even if I don't believe in those things, I'm going to, uh, you know, bow my head and maybe not close my eyes, but, but I'll be quiet for their 30 seconds, even if I don't agree uh, with, with what they're doing or believe in what they're doing. So that's just something off the top of my head. Uh, I, I'm obviously not an atheist and, and I'm, I, I really feel prayer is, prayer is important and special, but I've come across people who don't feel that way. Yeah. And so, you know what I mean? So that's kind of my outlook on it all. It's like, OK, if you have your issues with this country or the flag or, or you know, the, the bat, you know, everything that's going on, that's fine. I just think it's not the place. Now, the argument is, well, when is the place? It's You know, it's like, OK, that's how we start to go round and round in circles on, on all these things. And it's like to me. Uh, you know, sometimes you rob Peter to pay Paul, and, and so that, that's that's a, a that's a moment there where it's like you're taking away from uh, honoring the flag, all those who have fallen, um, uh, all those soldiers, and people. Oh, it's not about that. It's not about that. Well, no, it is about that because you're distracting from that, right? Yeah. for a for a cause. And if you want me to listen to what your cause is, uh, what your protest is. Uh I, I think with people like me, it just pushes me away from because you're being disrespectful, in my opinion, uh, to to that moment. So that's kind of where I'm at with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, like you said, it pushes people away. I've I've kind of gotten tired of the NFL. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I'm still a loyal Niners fan, but uh, I, I'm still kind of tired of the NFL for doing that. So it. I know last year, like I had a tough time watching. And really, the only reason I watched was because I play fantasy football. That's probably the only reason, and because my Niners are finally good. But uh, that's about it.
1: <laughs> well, see, I knew again. I knew there was something about you. You, you have all these, y'all, all these amazing qualities in you. And then, Dad Gummit, you're you're a San Francisco 49er fan. I knew there was something. It just goes to prove that nobody's perfect in this I, world. I knew uh, I, had, I, I knew there. I
0: had to bring that one up.
1: Oh my goodness. Oh man. You don't want to talk about a pandemic. I mean, there's too many Niner fans in this, uh, in this world. Oh man. I'll, someone's going to either write me up or call in on that on me saying something like that and call me out for some, something offensive, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, anyway, for you non-offensive people, you know what I mean? Um, you know, it's a touchy subject. Unfortunately, I don't think both sides are heard. It's just a bunch of yelling at each other Yeah, and, No progress is made. Here's my – here's my uh, (laughs) – here's what I foresee in the football season. I think uh, almost every team, if not all the players, most of the players are probably going to be taking knees during the national anthem. Um, And like it did four years ago, that will drive the ratings way down as it did Almost twenty five percent, I believe. I could be wrong on that number, but it was about that number. Um, and then it'll just be a vicious cycle again. Okay, guys, we did our kneeling. Let's uh, can we stop that now so that uh, so that uh, you know we can kind of bring people back or maybe not, you know? And uh, I don't know. I don't know if the NFL will if it will lose more money because of that or and, and it's not. It shouldn't be about all that. That's that's the the tragedy of all this. It shouldn't be right. about. Losing money, making money. Uh, it should just be about football games. It should just be about a national anthem. It should just be about a peaceful protest. But unfortunately, it's not. It's three things tried to be wrapped into one, and it's really going to be hard to uh, come across in this real positive light when there's just this all this... Uh, I don't know this tension, and and I don't think it's going to end well. I really don't. I think the NFL will lose more viewers. I think the people that are speaking out and taking these and being very vocal, they're just going to be more vocal and say uh, say what they got to say. And I don't know. It's sad, Will. I could I could see in a few years that we don't even have a national anthem, and and that is that yeah. pains me to say. It just it it. It hurts my heart to say that or even think of that. Um, I'll, I'll always memorize the words, and, and they'll be on my heart always. But
0: uh, it's a scary thought. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll see. <laughs> well, Will, we, uh, we, we ended there a little
1: bit uh, <laughs> a little bit on the negative note necessarily. But, you know, hey, hey, we have conversations here on the Get Home Safe podcast, and I, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, there'll be plenty more talk about it here uh, in the next few months uh, love to have you back on. Love your thoughts. Uh, reach out anytime, man, whether it's through the app or through email. Um, we can we can put together some more topics that you suggest, man, anytime. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> well, thanks for your time, Will. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, I'm sure you got to get back to something uh, running around, all these different jobs you have. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> <great.
0: laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> all righty. Well, thanks, Will. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All righty. Thanks, Matt you got it bye
1: thanks again Will to Rico that was a blast chatting with you and covering a little history on Rio Hondo and uh, your background in Kerry Youth League uh, all the best to you and your new journeys uh, in life uh, congrats again on the recent wedding and uh, just happy to uh, catch up with you it was a lot of fun looking forward to talking with you very soon Well, guys, tomorrow on the program, we will be joined by Jordan Ross. He has been a member of the L.A. City Fire Department for a long time. He now works as an engineer. Uh, He's going to talk about all the different firehouses he's worked at, what life is like in the firehouse. He uh, will also cover some comments, kind of what's been going on the past few uh, weeks here. Nothing too in-depth, but just kind of his relationship as a firefighter with law enforcement and kind of how they work together on some things. Uh, Just going to be a lot of fun catching up with him. It was was a great interview. Looking forward for you guys to hear that tomorrow. We'll talk a lot about, uh, you know, a little bit about his background, I should say, Uh, in real Hondo Prep. He graduated with me in 2003, got into... uh, being a fireman in uh, firefighter in 2007, give or take, but we'll cover all that tomorrow. Looking forward to that conversation. And uh, I promise you, you, you'll definitely take something from it. Uh, Learn a little bit uh, behind the scenes of how uh, things work in the fire department. So be sure to tune in tomorrow for that. We mentioned it all of last week and we got one take here. It was actually Will Torrico who tuned in and, and did this but anyway if you go to the anchor app guys even if you listen to this podcast on other platforms if you go to the anchor app you go to our podcast at the top it says message with like a, a, a an addition sign what you can do there if you click on that you can leave a voice message into our podcast basically it's almost like a caller uh type situation where you can leave uh, however however long you want to say it can, there's no limit really but you can uh, leave a question. If you can just say hello, uh, any comment or uh, thing you want to say about content, pretty much anything. And, and we can then play that segment on our episodes. And then I can answer the question almost like a call in type of show. Um, any, any way in which you want to uh, chime in. If you don't want to do an interview necessarily, that's one way to do it for all you loyal listeners out there. It doesn't take very long. If you have a 10 second, 20 second question, a couple questions, If you just want to uh, say, hey, love the program, whatever you want to say. You would say you hate the program. Hey, whatever. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, But if you want to do that, you can do that through the Anchor app. That's the only way to do it leave a quick voice message and uh, we will respond whether uh, we'll put your, put your segment on uh, the an upcoming episode, I should say. And, uh, and, and we'll go from there. So hopefully we hear from more of you. Again, it can be any, any content you want or questions, anything that will drive this program. We again, want to be very fan fan friendly and uh, be driven with listenership and, and, you know, We want to talk about things that you guys want to hear. So be sure to do that if you'd like. Uh, Our app, excuse me, our podcast is run through the Anchor app. You can listen to us many places, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. Thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, If you don't want to leave a voice message, there's other ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. We have a Twitter handle. It is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. We hear from all kinds of people, whether it be just saying, hey, great show, or hey, talk about this. It doesn't matter. If any way you want to communicate to us, if you don't want to do the voice message, uh, you can touch base with us under any of those platforms or our email address. We would love to hear from you. We look forward to our interview with Jordan Ross tomorrow, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, Day one in the books, guys, kicked off Monday. Hopefully uh, hopefully it was... uh, you know, worth worth uh, starting your day, your week off too, listening to us. But whenever you listen to this program, we appreciate your uh, listenership. It's going to be a lot of fun talking with Jordan Ross tomorrow. Be sure to tune in. But until then, guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.